Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you believe in the old adage of what goes around comes around, then stay tuned, because I have one of the owners and founders of AmazingKarma.com joining us. Darlene Lieblick-Tipton is nothing short of a miracle and amazing person herself. She is a five-times Jeopardy champion. She's a small aircraft pilot. She worked in the entertainment business for over 25 years as a Hollywood executive and holds a Ph.D. in communications. She is a chef, and she also devotes much of her time with her husband to AmazingKarma.com, trying to do good in the world. And Darlene learned much of this through building her character in life from something that happened to her as a small child. She was almost institutionalized because she was misdiagnosed as being mentally retarded only to discover that she was legally blind. She's also a cancer survivor victor and just an incredible person, and I'm so pleased to introduce her and have, us, have her with us today so we can try to help you try to make more good in the world yourself. Welcome, Darlene. How are you? I'm fine. Wow, what a flattering introduction. Thank you. Oh, well, my goodness, you have so many talents and accomplishments, I could barely enumerate all of them. So I'm, I'm really delighted to have you with us today. So tell us about AmazingKarma.com and how uh, it all works. Amazing, well, AmazingKarma.com is based on the non-religious um, idea that what goes around comes around. Uh, own your actions, make amends, move ahead. And this is actually based on a game we played with our kids when they were growing up. If you did something kind, particularly for a stranger, like if you're at the market and you take somebody's cart back for them, that's a nice thing. And the, the universe will award you one positive karma point for that. If, however, you are, let's say, the jerk who parks diagonally across three handicapped spots, I guarantee you that the universe is going to debit you a karma point for that. <laughs> and everybody in L.A. has a handicap sticker, if you've noticed. Yeah, I've noticed. Uh, well, one day my husband and I were at Knott's Berry Farm because I love their chickens. We could not find a parking place anywhere. And like on our fourth loop around, he just looked at me and said, why don't we cash in 50 karma points and see if we can't get a good parking spot. And I am not kidding. It was June gloom, so it was overcast. The clouds parted, a ray of sunshine came down, and there was a parking space right in front of the big chicken in front of the uh, restaurant. So we were laughing, and we spent that uh, lunch scribbling on napkins <laughs> and saying, what can we do with this? And what we came up with was the idea, which is now AmazingKarma.com. And at AmazingKarma.com, we use karma cards to acknowledge acts of kindness, honesty, and courtesy, or to expose acts of unkindness, dishonesty, and discourtesy. So let's say that, okay, I was uh, driving through Beverly Hills once, and a lady uh, was honking and motioning for me to pull over, and uh, she didn't look like a serial killer, so I did. She just said, your rear tire is going flat. Well, that was a nice thing to do. If I'd had a green karma card, I would have handed it to her. Right. Now, if, if I, have a, I have this supply of green karma cards. Each one has a unique code on it. And when I register that card, I get a karma point just for registering it. Now, if I had given this one to this lady, 
and she had registered it, she gets a karma point, and I do as well. Now, when she gives it to you and you register it, all of us get a karma point, so they continue to accrue geometrically. Oh, that's now, beautiful. Also, there are also the red karma cards, which, as I said, you might want to leave under the windshield of that guy who parked diagonally. <laughs> but it's, it's all about accepting your act of responsibility for your own actions. So if you come and find this on your car... And you look and say, yeah, I was a jerk. And you go to the website and you register that card. You are um, taking responsibility for your actions and making amends. And you will also get a positive karma point. There's no debiting in our, in our system. It's really about acknowledging good acts and exposing bad acts. We have created a society that doesn't really interact with each other the way we used to. We don't say please and thank you. We don't acknowledge kindness. And we tend to enable bad behavior just by ignoring it. This is one way that we can acknowledge good and expose bad safely, politely, and just make the world a better place, one little card at a time. I think that's great, and it's the old thing that Wayne Dyer used to say, you know, that it elevates your spirit and mood when you do that, you know. Um, it now, certainly does. does. Does this mean that if someone, let's say you have to go to the app, right, and register, then if, let's say, you do something bad that day, you cut somebody off on the highway or you're in a bad mood and, you you know, you're um, rude to someone in the bank or just, you know, a million examples, then do you go on and then honestly admit your bad behavior and buy those red cards, or the bad behavior is acknowledged by someone giving you a card and then registering, or does it work both ways? Well, no. we They are really for acknowledging other people and spreading it out to uh, the world. You will When you get your packet of cards, red cards and green cards, if you register them, you get a positive point for every card you register, regardless of whether it's red or green. And also, uh, your listeners should know that until we have given out half a million cards, all they have to do is come to our website, which is completely free, register, and ask. Just order Karma cards. We will send them 40 Karma cards, uh, 30 green and 10 red, absolutely free. No shipping, no handling, no money. So there's never any cost to your website? Well, uh, after we've given away half a million, we'll probably think about selling the cards. But for now, we, would, we just want to get it out there. We want people to start acknowledging acts of kindness. Right. That's oh, really that's so wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Now, why does it have a mapping feature? That's part of the fun of it. Um, say I give you a card and you register it. Now, it's not going to tell me your address, but it's going to give me basically your your zip code. So I can see where this card has traveled. You may go to France tomorrow and hand it to somebody there, and they may go to China and hand it to somebody there. And it's just fun watching how far good deeds can travel. And the fact that you're even carrying the card sort of encourages you to look for good behavior, which we don't do. Right, right. Now, you also mentioned that this is a non-religious uh, type of theme, but it's mentioned in, you know, uh, karma, good karma is mentioned in Buddhism and Hinduism. So, so how do you explain that? Um, I, I think most people, regardless of their uh, religious or philosophical views, are just hardwired to do good. 
Um, that's where the, the karma, the, the term karma does come from the Eastern religions, but as a concept, I think it's practiced by all religions and even the non-religious. And as I said, I think people are hardwired to do the right thing. Did you ever run into a two-year-old who didn't completely understand the concept? That's not fair. Kids get it. And I know, this is, I know. And, and I've really experienced, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, this is also, you can use it. We found that kids as young as four understand the concept of the cards. Oh, that well, kids are just, they're hopefully just born with love, you know. I mean, that's that's all I understand, if, if they're given love, you know. But, I mean, I have really uh, been introduced to that concept of kindness and how people will extend themselves because I had to start carrying a white cane, you know, in my middle of my life. And that... I was so resistant to it, and yet, believe me, the acts of kindness that I experience every single day are just, I could never count them all. They're unbelievable, from someone opening a door to me to running across the street to help me to, you know, the help I get in Trader Joe's or everywhere I go shopping. And before I carried that cane, I can't say that I experienced the same thing. It's very interesting. So it, it opened something inside people to want to help. People want to do good. They want to help. They do, and the isolationist society that we have now kind of discourages that. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't interact with people we don't know, but especially in LA because people are in their cars, and you know it's a different kind of a city than New York or other cities that I've lived in. Very much so. Yeah, and I was also struck by how our amazing karma concept is so similar. To your second vision, three A's: acceptance, appreciation, and action. Yes, it's all. It's the same thing. It's, it is. It's really- it is. It's about giving gratitude and being present, and and um, counting your blessings. Really, and, and none of us would know it with the news every day. I mean, there's so much bad news, and and so so much, you know, acts of terror and everything going on in the world all the time now. But I mean, if we just had an equal amount of the good news channel, we might have a better balance. Oh, absolutely, and one of the things that we're going to do moving forward is we are in the process of creating a Karma Clap and Karma Slap Award for individuals, institutions, companies, whatever, who either do something really remarkably good or something really remarkably bad. I've always said that the first Karma Slap Award should probably go to Congress. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> So, so tell us about your background at Fox Television. You were there for over 25 years, and I think you said that you you experienced some incidences there that were, you know, uh, fired up by greed and and other mis, you know, bad behavior, and that some of it prompted you to start AmazingKarma.com. Can you elaborate a, a bit on that? Absolutely. Um, I was actually terminated before my contract would extend to my 55th birthday, which would have forced them to pay me more money and invest me in more, um, you know, more benefits. But fortunately, the president of FX, a wonderful man named John Landgraf, came to my rescue and got me reinstated, so they didn't get to fire me for uh, being too old and making too much money. Mm. But then I was on the radar for a while. So in... Uh, 2014, I believe it was, when uh, Malaysia Flight 370 disappeared. I wanted to do something for 
the families because I knew that they would be tied up in lawsuits and litigation and red tape for years. So what I wanted to do was do a crowdfunding project for the families. And I inadvertently used my Fox email one time in communication about this, which is technically a violation of policy. So mm-hmm. I was fired. And oh I, God. Uh, I sued them for wrongful termination. We came to a settlement, and those funds founded um, were the uh, funding for AmazingKarma.com. Aren't you wonderful? I mean, to to put it all into something so great, really. I, I'm very happy that you won and you know got a settlement and look look what you're doing with it. It's terrific, you know. And you also won an award, I believe, for a movie, right? That you're working on with your husband in it, Ken, who's also one That's of the founders. Right. And um, the, is there a theme of karma throughout that movie as well? You know, there is. Um, it's the movie is called Heart of the Beholder. And uh, it actually won more Best Feature Film Awards on the independent film circuit than any other. We had trouble getting distribution for it, though, because it does have a slightly controversial theme. It's the true story of Ken and his family. Um, Ken was an entrepreneur who started the very first video store in St. Louis, Missouri. And after a rocky start, suddenly it took off. And he had a chain of video stores, was wealthy, and his family was living the American dream. Well, Martin Scorsese made a film called The Last Temptation of Christ. And there were some very, very harsh fundamentalists in St. Louis. I, I like to refer to them, they, weren't, they called themselves Christian. They were the antithesis of Christians. I call them the kind of people who would have flown a plane into a building if they had thought of it first. Oh. <laughs> um, they were pressuring video stores not to carry The Last Temptation of Christ. Ken's stores were the only ones who did because he said people should be able to decide for themselves whether they want to watch this film or not. Well, through pressure and blackmail, uh, Ken was actually arrested and his stuff, his uh, videotapes confiscated. He went through two very long, very expensive trials, both of which he won. But his business was ruined forever. Um, oh, my he, God. He lost his family. He almost lost his life. Mm. So, being Ken, he wrote a movie and came out to California to try to get it uh, made. He had problems getting a getting a, a producer for it and being an actor uh he was supporting himself as a character actor during the um act the uh commercial actor strike of 2000 in order to continue eating he took a job as a limo driver and he lost that job and was just hitting rock bottom there I, you know i'm not sure if it's still around there was a website called filmthreat.com and its uh, owner, Chris Gore, wrote a story about Ken called How Not to Make It in Hollywood, which was all the background, including his story. Well, I was so incensed, I got in touch with him. And I read the script, and it was so good. I, working in television as long as I did, I've read thousands of really bad scripts. This one was really good, so I signed on as a producer. And I bought his life rights. My husband does not own their own to the rights to his own life, I do. 
we made the movie. Um, I mortgaged my house. Um, we got it made, and it is the true story of how he got some positive retribution for what had happened to him. And, by the way, if your listeners are familiar with the young actress Chloe Grace Moretz, this was her first movie. We discovered her. <laughs> really? Yes. Can we find it on Netflix, or how, how can we see the movie? It's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. It's on a number of uh, streaming platforms. It just Part sounds fantastic. And, and you and Ken sound like such a team. We are indeed a team. We are. He's a diehard feminist, bless his heart, and mm-hmm. we su- support each other. Yes. It's so wonderful. And here you are in almost retirement age, right? I mean, and you've taken this on when other people would just be, you know, out in their lounge chairs <laughs> just trying to relax. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are definitely senior citizens, but... Uh, uh, when my parents were my age, they were old. I can't be old. I've got stuff to do. You'll never be old. I have a friend who's 87. I don't know if you're familiar with the actress Terry Moore. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she is 87 now, bless her heart. And, and up until last year, we were walking 10 miles together every Saturday. I mean, she is not, unstoppable, you know, so I'm, I'm sure you'll just be like that. It sounds like that with, with the way your life goes. Yeah, I, my, my plan is to die at the age of 104 in the arms of a handsome Italian carbonieri after having been arrested for dancing nude in the Trevi Fountain. <laughs> That's a great fantasy. <laughs> and then we'll put you on the Today Show to talk about what your secrets are for getting to 104. <laughs> uh, the, the secrets are just don't stop. Uh, Don't stop. And that's what I said. You have an unstoppable character, and I'd like to really tell the listeners a bit about your background and your growing up years, because your story is really phenomenal of triumph over adversity of what you went through. And would you mind sharing some of that? Uh, I'd be happy to. Um, I grew up on a remote mountaintop in the Sierra Nevada Mountains where my father worked at a state youth authority camp which is where I learned such useful skills as how to hotwire a car and uh, pick a lock. (laughs) Uh, And it it, it was so so remote uh, that on good weather days, we got one channel of television. Oh, my goodness. uh, The the nearest town was 11 mountain miles away, and it was very – if you knew the roads on a bright, sunny day, you could make it in half an hour to 45 minutes. It It was bad. Um, and I was, uh, gee, lucky enough not to have one abusive parent, but two, which is a statistical anomaly. So uh, I missed a lot of school with uh, bruises and broken bones. Um, I mean, at one point I, I read that your father shattered both of your kneecaps? Yes, I have uh, artificial kneecaps. I spent a year in a wheelchair uh, in, in my childhood. Yeah, oh, Darlene. Well, you know what? Um, there, there comes a point where one of, I think, three things happen. You kill yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you continue the pattern, or you take a step back and say, "Wait a minute, there's a problem here, but it's not me." Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to be able to get to that place of perspective, and. I knew that my out was education, so 
I, I thought that was so beautiful. I mean, because um, first of all, tell, let's remind our listeners, I, I mentioned it in the open of the show, though, that you had a misdiagnosis of mental retardation when, in fact, you were legally blind. Yes, I was five years old and very uncommunicative. I would sit in the corner by myself. I wouldn't interact with the other kids. And they just had signed papers to send me to Sonoma State Hospital as a permanent inpatient when my kindergarten teacher said, have you had her eyes tested? And they found out that I was legally blind. I got glasses, and the whole world opened up. It was unbelievable. And uh, about two years later, they tested my IQ, and it was in the genius range. So there you go, which makes you wonder how many people are permantly institutionalized with easily correctable medical problems. It's oh, really I'm sure there are many, many. I mean, but but that is just unbelievable. And then so when you went through school and you were going through all this abuse, you know, in addition to, to you know, what you just told us about your eyes, was there anyone you could confide in? Or, I mean, so many victims of, of abuse are just terrified so they don't speak to anyone. I mean, how did you finally escape from that? I, I understand at one point you're... Your dad was away, and you, um, I forgot who it was, but took you to the British radio, and you sang on British radio for five years, so you were starting to develop all these creative talents. Uh, yeah, my dad uh, was actually transferred to uh, London to study how um, the, Br- the British treated their juvenile um, delinquents, for lack of a better word, at Brixton Reformatory, which is just south of London, and... Um, I was always trotted out to play the piano for dinner guests. And after that performance, I went to my room and started to sing. Well, my boss's wife heard this, and the next day took me to the BBC, and I worked in radio for five years as a child. I I was born with an adult larynx, found my upper register at six, and my singing voice has changed like three notes in 60 years. So... It's just I love to sing. I still do it for my own pleasure. And those were some of the happiest days of my life. Aww. And then we, got, then we came back and we were back on top of the mountain. So there you go. And then but, you were back uh, to your reality. Yeah, and since my dad played poker with the local sheriff and my mother was the town Avon lady, there was really nobody I could talk to. You know, I loved the whole um, description of you going off to the library, and that was your solace, and that's where you found yourself. Because uh, I remember, it's interesting, if you ever read Duke Vincent's book, my, my former boss at Spelling Television, it's called Mafia Summer, and he tells a story about how he, you know, got hooked on books and education thanks to a neighbor uh, named Sidney Butcher. And it's all about him growing up in a mob family in New York and how he chose not to go with the mob, and it was education that saved him. So it was kind of a parallel when I read it. It just it spoke to my heart, and I thought, that's what saved you, the books and education. I thought it was so beautiful. Uh, that is so, so true. And I had a set of storybooks, which I still have. They're now uh, over 60 years old. My mother would only read two pages a night. That's all she, she would allow. I was so hungry for the stories that I pushed myself to learn to read as quickly as I could so I could devour those books. And now when I visit my grandchildren, I always take one of those beautiful red books with me and read and read and read to them. 
you know, there's nothing like it. And I, I also related to that on another level because since I've become visually impaired, and I, I guess I've had to do things on audio now for about 15 years, I am always, I always have an earpiece in my ear. I mean, I have to have something constantly, I have to be constantly learning and reading to entertain myself because obviously so much of the visual is gone. I will, I do go to the academy with friends and I'll listen to movies and they'll describe them, but you know, you're, you're missing the picture. So in books, I can just take off and I know so many of our, our listeners are visually impaired themselves and they can relate to that. So there's nothing like drinking up that information. You know, reading is, is so wonderful for the, the mind and the soul. Oh, it certainly is, and I, I've always described the way I read, at least, is it starts a movie playing in my head. I don't feel the pages turning. It's just this story that's entering through, in my case, entering through my eyes and playing out in my head, and I just love it. I always have two or three books going at once. <laughs> yeah, no, that's terrific. It's great. It's the way to go, and it, 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 you know, it, it fosters creativity and imagination, and it's, it's just wonderful. I love it. So tell us more about the website now, but how much time do you devote to to uh, working on the website and how is it doing and how can we, you know, we can direct people there with your website again, AmazingKarma.com? Well, it is now my full-time job, and I like to personally interact with everybody who signs up. Uh, I will, I will uh, post uh, comments to them. I friend them. It's... We were actually told at one point that we had a niche social network, and we said, "What's that?" Because you know we're we're not that kind of people, but that's right, what it right. is. And uh, as I said, everything is free. We really want to encourage people to do this. So I, I talked earlier about accumulating karma points, but I didn't tell you what you can do with them. When you've reached a certain milestone in karma points. You can do one of two things. You can ask us to redeem those karma points for a gift card for any retailer in the world who offers them, or we will donate a, the sum of money to any registered charity in the world. So the good just keeps on happening. That's fantastic. And so you've signed on these different stores and everything that are partnered with you to do this? Yes, yes. We have uh, partnerships with uh, a number of different e-tailers, retailers, um, and, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that most people want to donate to charity because right. that's just keeps, that just keeps the good flowing. Yes, yes, when I saw that, I, I was very interested, so I'm going to go on the website and have my assistant help me and definitely promote it on Facebook, and I think it's just terrific. It's wonderful. As you know, I've always and, believed in that old adage, and I, I saw your market research said, what, 180 million people believe in, in the concept of karma? Just in the United States, that's true. Yeah, And uh, I'll, I'll even make a deal. If anybody um, comes to our website and says they heard about it on your podcast, I'll give them 60 free cards instead of the usual 40. Oh, my goodness. That's so generous. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's the right thing to do. You're, you're helping spread the word so sure, about good karma. Sure. So let's just keep encouraging good acts and exposing bad acts. Yes, and we need so much more of it now, you know, especially at this time in the world, you know, and we all need to practice that on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, it's so easy to have a short temper, you know, when you're out in the store or, you know, um, just, you know, even the, the tiniest little thing 
to go wrong in your day. And, and if you turn that all around and you try to do the opposite, you know, of just spreading the positive and the good, it's just amazing how quickly it turns, just like your parking spot, you know. I mean, I believe in that. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. Uh, also, Little miracles. Uh, in, the very, in the very near future, we actually have an e-book coming out called Karma Sense. How to enhance your personal, how to increase your personal karma quotient and enhance your quality of life, which has over a hundred simple everyday acts that you can do to just make the world a slightly better place. Just one little thing, one good act at a time. Oh, that's terrific. And when is that book coming out? Uh, I believe it will be out in September. Uh, I don't have a firm date on it yet, but uh, keep checking back on our website, and we will certainly let everybody know. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So it's like a workbook, sort of, like a handbook? It's just a a simple little guide to things you might not have thought of that will make make people happy and do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I look forward to reading it. Well, Darlene, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, and uh, I'd like to direct people one more time to your website and anything else that you'd like to add. Uh, it's AmazingKarma.com. Check it out, and it will help you in your day-to-day life. And uh, Darlene, anything else you want to add about the website before we close? Um, just come on in, get your free Karma cards, and get the good flowing around the world. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, for all everyone listening today, you've been with Kristen McDonald and my guest, Darlene Lieblick-Tipton, who's just an amazing gal herself, and I'm so glad that she came on to share all her wonderful, positive you know, tips on how to live a great life. So just remember, what goes around comes around, and get out there and do some good today, and thanks for listening. God bless you all. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision.